You know, I'm, I, I'm just saying this is kind of an, a special thing, a special thought for all of us to understand. Our 40-day fast ends on July 1st, and the restrictions are removed on July 1st. <laughs> so every Albertan just has to say thank you to the Father and the Father's house for fasting for 40 days. Hallelujah. Anyway. God is good. Well, I want to talk to you uh, about an endangered species, and the endangered species is not Siberian tigers or duck-billed platypuses. The endangered species is fathers. And uh, you need to understand, dads, how critically important you are to health and life and, and the grace of God upon families. There are so many statistics that talk about the importance of fathers. And so not only fathers, but also those who live in the spirit of fatherhood or even motherhood in terms of influencing other people. You know, I was thinking about rather than giving us a laundry list of all the things fathers are and what fathers need to do, I thought we would just look at the example of Father God. If we would look at God as our father, and I think we're going to gain a couple insights today. And let, let me read this scripture to you, Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 14. For this reason... It's from the Amplified Bible. Seeing the greatness of his plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knee before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love this scripture. For whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. Isn't that awesome? That Father through... All fatherhood takes its title and deray, der, derives its name. Church, I want you to understand that God is the ultimate father. And he is the picture of what it means to be a father. And so if we can gain a couple insights from his fatherhood and how he expresses fatherhood, not only is it going to help us to grow as fathers and mothers and uh, people of God, but it's also going to help us to ultimately reflect that to this world and receive his fatherhood in our lives. You know, in the Bible, over 1,300 times the word father comes up, and particularly when it talks about God the Father, there are well over uh, 270 times that, that that comes up in the scriptures. Do you know that the vast majority of those are in the New Testament? And uh, the actual central revelation of the New Testament is the Father heart of God. Jesus' favorite name for God was Father. In the entire Old Testament, God is called a Father less than 10 times. The rest of the times all are found in the New Testament. So something struck me as I was going through these scriptures. And uh, one of the things is, do you know that the Apostle Paul actually ascribes two characteristics to the Father heart of God? Two. And those two things, this is what they are. <clears throat> in Romans 1, 2, every single book that Paul wrote, he ascribed these two things. To the church in Rome, loved by God and called to be God's holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1, 3, grace and peace to you from God our Father. 1 Corinthians 1, 2, grace and peace to you. Galatians 1, 3, guess what? Grace and peace to you. Ephesians 
Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy 1, 2. To Timothy, my faithful son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1, 2. Titus, Philemon. All, every single book that the Apostle Paul wrote, he starts by ascribing two characteristics to the Father heart of God, grace and peace. And not to be undone, the Apostle Peter actually joins him. Listen to this, 2 Peter 1, 2, grace and peace be yours in abundance, amen, through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 John, so the Apostle John also joins in, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father. So church, I want you to understand these characteristics of the Father heart of God are what are to reflect in your life and in my life, and it's also what you and I need to learn to receive in order to grow in our understanding of God and all that He has intended to be. Well, let's pray, and we're going to look quickly at these two things, grace and peace, how you and I can grow in them, but also receive them from God our Father. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Come now, Holy Spirit, and teach us, train us, reveal to us. God, we pray for that spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you better, to know the hope that you've called us to, to know the glorious inheritance that is ours in Christ Jesus, and to know the incomparably great power for us who believe. Bless your word to us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, grace We spent a copious amount of time last week. If you missed last week's sermon, go online and watch last week's sermon. We talked about the cycle of grace, how we grow in grace as we enter into spiritual disciplines. So what is grace? Grace is the divine influence upon our heart and how it reflects in our life. In other words, grace, I'm going to just tell you, it's like grace is the outflow of the acceptance of God on our lives. Church, you cannot be changed uh, without grace. You cannot be saved. You cannot be justified. You cannot receive the spiritual gifts from God. You cannot be accepted by God. You cannot be adopted into the family of God without the grace of God. Church, you need to grasp this. This all starts with God. It doesn't start with you. Do you understand that you, uh, frankly, don't deserve the grace of God, and even you don't even desire the grace of God, except that God himself has positioned you that you might receive grace. It's all a work of God. (laughs) This incredible grace, this incredible acceptance, the first move of our Father really is to accept us though we are undeserving and at times undesiring. Do you know that we start as God's enemies, but yet He comes and He graces us, He accepts us, He adopts us, Even yet while we were his enemies, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, God has moved upon us and given us grace and acceptance and love. That's an incredible thing. The greatest thing that a father is to have for his children is grace. That's the greatest thing you're to have. Acceptance of right where they're at and security that you are for them and not against them. You know, guys, in your struggle against sin, I want you to grasp something. In your struggle against yourself, God is for you. That is huge. (laughs) Because religion says, change this, change that, then God will be for you. That is not the message of Christianity. The message of Christianity is, even when you were God's enemies, when you were separated from Him, He is for you. He is for you. 
He is for you. He is for you. He is not against you. And that's why 1 John says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. He has given you the spirit of adoption. He's adopted you. You are cherished. You have immeasurable worth. This is how God moves upon your heart and upon my heart. And if we're honest, we really struggle to fully understand and appreciate that. There's always something against that. There's something in our nature that thinks, how can this be true? How can God love me and accept me right where I'm at that God actually chose you? You know, you didn't pick God. You may think you've picked God, but you didn't. The Bible says, I picked you, and I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. And God picked you when you were at your worst. God picked you when no one else would pick you. <laughs> and this is grace. This is grace. This is what it means. That's why we need to pray for grace, church, and position ourselves daily to receive grace because it's so hard to comprehend. We need it reinforced every single day that we are God's beloved children and He is our fa Father. We don't earn it. We don't measure up. We don't, can't perform to get it. We can't compare ourselves to others. It's simply received because of what the Father has done for you and for me. We get in this relationship. Now, I want you to understand something. So Jesus, central revelation of the New Testament, I told you, is the Father heart of God. And Jesus was with God in the eternity past. Amen? He was with God at the beginning. And then he comes down to earth, he lives 33 and a half years, and for three and a half years he performs ministry, and he's constantly telling people about the love of God, telling people about the grace of God. And, you know, for me, I, I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, if I was Jesus, I'd probably say to the Father, you know, Father, I've spent eternity with you, I'm only going to be here for three and a half more years doing the ministry work, therefore, you know, we'll catch up when I get back to eternity, because I know I'm going to be with you in eternity again. You know, I, I've got some work to do, Jesus is saying. But now that wasn't his attitude. You know, even in the midst of miracle crusades, even in the midst when thousands of people were gathering to Jesus, even when people were reaching out to be touched by God, Jesus would excuse himself from those people. He would constantly move away and he would go and be with his father. Well, what happened when he was with his father? You know, I, I often ask that question, like, what do, what do you guys talk about? Maybe he talked about the ministry that would be happening the next day. Or maybe he talked about, you know, some stuff that maybe needed to be worked on within the team. Maybe he revealed, Peter is really, really a loose cannon. You need to do some work on him, Jesus. You know, you understand? I don't know what they talked about. But we actually do know there's twice in the Bible when heaven actually pulls back the scroll of eternity, pulls back the, the covering, and reveals to us what the Father was speaking to Jesus. And it's crazy. This is what he does. The Father speaks over Jesus, who's been with him from eternity, will be with him in eternity. He says, this is my son whom I love, in him I am well pleased. He affirms his sonship and his blessing. Near the end of his life, when the greatest stress was about to come on Jesus, when he was about to go to the cross, these are the words that the Father speaks from heaven. The second time the veil is torn back, here it is. While he was still speaking, Jesus, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son 
whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen, this is so cool. This is why Jesus longed to be with the Father. The affirmation, encouragement, and grace that he continually received just by showing up. You think into yourself, you know, Jesus, you know, you know the Father, you're going to be with him again. You really need that much affirmation. Guys, you need to be affirmed in the Father heart of God. You need to be affirmed daily, moment by moment in the grace of God. There's constantly a draw on that grace. There's constantly a pull. There's constantly things that come to say, you're not worthy. There's constantly that comes in your life, when you look in the mirror, can God really love me? There's constantly that pull. This is why we enter into these things called spiritual disciplines, simply to let God love us. It seems like the most selfish thing in the world. God, I am here so that you can affirm me and fill me with your love because God, I've figured it out. Love is not that I first loved you, God, but that you first loved me. Amen? Church, this is the spirit of fatherhood. This is the spirit that God wants you to know. He has accepted you right where you're at. He's with you. He's for you. He is not against you. And you need to be told that every single day. Hallelujah. Well, is that it? Is that all there is to being a father? Well, no. He said the second part of the father heart of God is that he also came full of grace and peace. Peace means to set you at one. Peace means to join with you. Peace means to prosper you. Peace means to fulfill things in your life. Do you understand? Peace means that God comes and he sets you at one with himself and he sets you at one with yourself and he sets you at one with what he intended you to be in the world. God our Father accepts us right where we're at, but he also wants to walk beside us to bring us to wholeness and oneness with what we are meant to be. Amen? So peace comes, grace and peace, grace and peace. You see, the Father is that Father, you know, He walks with us and He says, I'm with you, I've accepted you, I love you, but I'm calling you to maturity. I'm calling you to grow. I'm calling you. It's kind of that spirit of saying, I'm for you, I'm with you, we can do this, we can do this together. God is constantly pulling us up. He's constantly saying, son, daughter, I'm not done with you yet. Keep walking, keep walking, keep going, keep going. He affirms us and then he says, now I want you to grow. I ultimately want you to mature. I want you to become, you know, stable. And I want you to become free of the brokenness and the bondage. I want you to be free from the things that come to kill, rob, and destroy. And I want to give you life and life abundant. You know, it's kind of that spirit of you can do it. It's the father cheering you on from the sideline. He, he not only does that, he disciplines and he trains us. He confronts us when we're pushing off track. He comes to us and he says, don't just take the easy road. Be with me, walk with me, live with me. You know, this is what it means, grace and peace, grace and peace. How many of you as dads struggle with one, <laughs> but you're good at the other? Most dads, I think, are good at the second one, but some dads are good at the first one, but it's hard to balance the two. You know, I love you, I accept you right where you're at, but man, I'm going to pull you toward what you're becoming. I'm going to walk with you and journey with you on this journey. You know, I often find it funny when I think about dads. Um, you know, you watch the football star, and the camera goes on him on the sidelines, and, and what does he say? I love you, mom. Love you, mom. 
And dad's the one that was the one who dragged him to the practices every day. Dad's the one who was there saying, I don't care what you do, another sit-up, boy. You can do another sit-up. Oh, only 42. Come on, you got 45 in you. That was dad. Dad was the one that was pushing. You think, well, my family is kind of mom. I get it. But you understand that spirit of fatherhood is what's happening. There's a compelling. There's a pulling. You know, and you need to get that. That, you know, when we come to the father, we receive grace and we receive peace. He's right with us. He accepts you right where you're at, church. And yet he's calling you to more. He's calling you to grow. He's calling you to mature. Aren't you glad that God takes you right where you're at? But isn't it good that he says you can have more and you can be more? The entire kingdom of God is to call you to maturity as the sons and daughters of God. God is constantly pulling us by this thing called peace. So how are we to respond? That's really the question as the sons and daughters to this revelation of grace and peace. I think that's just the first thing. Just you need to understand it's all about receiving it. You know, you can't earn it. You don't deserve it. Just get over it and start to understand that this is what it means to be part of a family. How many of you have had kids here, you know? And I don't know if you figured this out yet, but um, kids cost a lot. Has anybody, and by the way, when they become teenagers, it doesn't get better, it gets worse. They cost you more. Grad dresses are unbelievable. Just saying. You know, but here's the thing. They constantly cost you, and when you first come into the world, you have to feed them, change them, and they whine and cry when you don't. Can you believe it? They're so ungrateful. You know, and uh, you, know, you produce nothing for them. Listen to me, kids. You produce nothing for your parents. You are only a cost to them, and yet they would not trade you for the whole world. And the Bible says, you being wicked know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more your heavenly Father who loved you when you were his enemies and adopted you into his family. See, this is what we need to understand. He pours and he pours and he pours more. And so he says, receive. But guys, I want you to grasp something as the children of God. There's ways in which you can receive. And I, I think this is reflected in our world today. The first way we receive, which is not the best way, we receive with a sense of ignorance. You know, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights, but sometimes we don't recognize it. Sometimes we don't understand. We don't get it. You know, even, a, even the fact that, you know, you just think of our world, the goodness of God in our world, heat, sunshine, water, food, all these things, every good and perfect gift comes down from our Father. But sometimes we're just ignorant of it. I see it in families all the time. I don't know about you. You know, I, you, people just don't really realize. I didn't realize what the sacrifices that my mom and dad made to make sure there was food in the fridge. I didn't get that. You know, I think today we don't get that internet just doesn't come free. You know, it, it's, it's not just provided to every single family. No, no, somebody had to pay for that, and usually mom and dad are the ones that did it. And so we, 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 we kind of don't know what we should be thankful for. We don't realize the sacrifices of those that went on before us. I think that's in nations too, isn't it? I think in nations we can be ignorant of the soldiers that sacrificed and the, the price that was paid in order to give us our freedoms. 
you know, having schools and doctors and nurses, and, and, and you know, that's incredible. Having roads that are paved. How many know that's amazing? Having infrastructure that takes away your garbage and takes away the sewer. I mean, how many know that's good? And, and that somebody paid the price in order to get us there. And, you know, you don't un really understand that until you really go to parts of the world that don't fully have that operational like we do here. You know, I was in Mozambique, and I remember just there was a man there. And, uh, of course, uh, Josh and Chelsea are serving there right now and often watching online. Hi, Josh and Chelsea. But I remember there was a man who was very sick, but nobody could take him to a doctor. And he didn't have money for a doctor, so it didn't really matter if they could take him there. So the mission picked this man up literally out of a ditch and drove him to the hospital, paid for him to receive the medical attention he needed. We just need to be grateful of the things that we have and grateful that that mission represented the heart of God to that man who was in a ditch. Does that make sense? This is the kingdom that we represent and we're to bring so in nations and in churches, you know, I love this. We've received things in this church that we have no idea where they came from. You know, we don't know the price that Mrs. Agri and the people before her, we don't know the price that our elders and deacons paid to carry this church, to carry the, this Christian school, to bring it to the point where now it's being fruitful and growing. And by the way, do you know that you are paying for this church? You are helping this church to be established. And God has more plans for us, more things that are going to happen. And this is going to sound crazy, but there will come a day that people will come in that have paid nothing, that have sacrificed nothing. And they will come to this church and receive blessing because of your sacrifice. Do you know none of us have paid for the gospel that saved us? None. Somebody else sacrificed. Somebody else represented the heart of God. Somebody else gave. Somebody else served in order that you and your family could come to know Jesus Christ. Incredible. Sometimes we have a sense of ignorance. But this one's even worse. We receive with a sense of entitlement. This is the worst possible way you can receive and it's a huge danger in our society today. Entitlement. I'm owed this. <laughs> Do you know I've seen this in families over the last several years, probably 20 years, and this is the thing that I've seen. I, I've actually heard kids say this. I didn't ask to be born. You owe me. <laughs> really? My parents owe me clothing. They owe me a place to live. They owe me. How many of you know that's a little bit in our society right now? I'm entitled to this. I'm going to revise history if I don't like what it says. Oh, there's a whole thing in there. I won't go off too far off tangent. I'm owed this for my nation. I'm owed all this stuff. I'm owed a living. I'm owed. No, you're not. You're not. We have this sense of entitlement. And even in churches, there's a sense of entitlement sometimes. The pastor's there to serve me. I'm on the cruise ship called Christianity. And I'm not getting my meal. I don't like my meal. My meal's a little bit rare right now. Take it back. Try again, pastor. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, 
only one meal. Eat what's set in front of you or starve. There you go. Hallelujah. That's old school parenting coming out of me right now. <laughs> oh, I could tell stories about liver. Liver, I don't know what my mom was thinking, but serving us liver. liver. Dear God, mother, what were you thinking? She's in heaven now, so God bless you, but we're not supposed to eat organs of any animals. Just saying, God, thank you. <laughs> I'm owed. I'm owed. So how do we receive properly? Receive with a sense of honor. What's honor? Honor is showing this unusually great amount of gratitude. It's respecting or esteeming someone or another. Respect mingled with love, devotion, and gratitude. Listen to what Deuteronomy 5.16 says, one of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you will live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord God is giving to you. You know, this Bible meaning of honor is like heavy gratitude. It's like I am so thankful. And this isn't just talking about fathers and uh, Father God. This is talking about those who live in the spirit of fatherhood and motherhood. That you would be grateful for what is done. That you would have such a gratitude in your heart. Amen? That we would be those that make, I'm so thankful for the sacrifices you've made. I'm so thankful for the service that you give and you have given to me. Do you know this is the only ten, one of the Ten Commandments that actually comes with a blessing if you will obey it? If you'll obey this one, God will bless you. If you will learn to live in honor and receive with honor, the Bible says your days will be prolonged and it will go well with you in all that the Lord is giving you. Wow. What a great blessing that comes to us as we honor. In other words, you should look for spiritual fathers and mothers in your life and honor them, honor them, honor them. You know, you kind of, if you will live in honor, church, if you will honor the people that have gone before you, if you'll honor those that are sacrificing and serving, why is it right to honor the military? Why is it right to honor police officers? Why is it right? Because they are paying a price, they are sacrificing to serving. Why are, is it right to honor first responders? Why is it right to honor your boss? Because there's a blessing that comes. You know, the Bible says if you will honor a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. In other words, if you will honor somebody, the blessing that is on them will transfer to your life. So you almost have to submit to the spirit of stupid if you don't honor. Just saying, I don't know where that came from, but okay. <laughs> Can we just live as, um, by the way, I told you I was going to talk about spiritual disciplines today. This is your first spiritual discipline. Honor and be thankful. That's a spiritual discipline? Oh my gosh, is that ever a spiritual discipline? You know, brush your teeth in the morning and thank God that you have running fresh water. We're doing an outreach in a while called Walk for Water where we're going to realize how incredible it is to have fresh water delivered to our home. Honor. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for these things. Amen? Honor in your life. Express gratitude and express thanks. As we get an inheritance from our fathers and mothers, 
their ceiling becomes our floor. And we are to continue to build upon that, not to just selfishly take that, but build upon it so that we can offer it to others, the blessing and the goodness of God. Amen? The band's going to come back right now. And we're just going to sing a song. And as they prepare to come back, church family, I just want you to say, Father, help me to receive with honor and gratitude today. And where, if you're like me, where you've been ignorant or where you have been entitled, that is simply a change of position in your thinking. It's just saying, God, help me to live in honor and in thanksgiving every day for your goodness, Father. And even those fathers and mothers that are in your life. Amen? So let's pray before the band leads us here. Let's bow our heads. And you say, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your acceptance. Thank you that you have walked with me and accepted me right where I'm at. But you're also calling me forward into more, to bigger, to be free. I feel today the Holy Spirit is calling some prodigals home. Some of you that have been distant from the Father. But life is not going well for you. It's time to turn back toward Him. To receive with gratitude what He has done for you. And so if you're here today or you're watching online, and you're saying, man, I've been distant from the Father. I've not been grateful. But it's not gone well for me. If that's you here today, you know what? Today is the day of turning back. That's what the word repent means. Turn from what you're doing back toward God. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor Greg, that's me. I've been living like a prodigal. It's time to turn back. Amen? If you're watching online and you've done that, as I was sitting in worship today, I know there's some prodigals that God is calling home to him today. I know that. So don't be scared. Be bold. Raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor Greg. I'm that prodigal that the Father is calling home. If you've done that online, let us know that you made that decision to follow Jesus, to come home to him. Amen. And know that nothing but love and mercy and grace is waiting for you as you do that. And for all of us that are gathered here, maybe God is just speaking to you and he's saying, I want you to learn more and more how to receive grace and peace with a sense of honor and gratitude. And if that's you, just raise your hand and say, Pastor Greg, I want to grow in my gratitude. I want to grow in my honor. I want to grow in thanksgiving toward the Father. Many, 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 many hands going up. And if you're doing that online, God bless you as you do that. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for that prodigal that I know is watching online. Let's just pray together. If you, if you ask Jesus to come in your heart, pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, all of us out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. Now help me to live with him and for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap today, amen. Hallelujah. church family why don't you stand to your feet we're going to sing this song in closing and don't forget to pick up your root beer 
Don't forget next week starts at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. We have kids ministry in both services, 9 and 11 next week. Hallelujah. Let's sing this song. Pastor Tyler, why don't you lead us right now? Come on. Sometimes on this journey, get lost in my mistakes. It looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. My story isn't over, my story's just begun. Hey, if you want to find me, cause that's what my father does. Hey, if you want to find me, cause that's what my father does. Lay your burdens down here in the father's house. Check your shame out the door. It ain't welcome anymore. Arrival's not the end game, the journey's where you are. You never wanted perfect, you just wanted my heart. And the story isn't over, but the story isn't good. Failure's never father when the father's in the room. Failure's never final when the father's in the room. Lay your burdens down Here in the Father's house Check your shame out the door It ain't welcome anymore <laughs> You're in the Father's house Sing prodigals come home Prodigals come home Help us find hope Love is on the move when the Father's in the room. The dead comes to life. Love is on the move when the Father's in the room. Come on now. Miracles take place. The cynical find faith. Love is breaking through when the Father's in the room. Jericho walls quaking. Love is breaking through when the Father's in the room. Love is breaking through when the Father's in the room. Ooh. Lay your burdens down here in the Father's house. Check your shame at the door. It ain't welcome anymore. Here in the Father's house, check your shame at the door. It ain't welcome anymore. Ooh, you're in the Father's house. You're in the Father's house. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. By the way, by the way, I gotta say one more thing. You know what? our grade 12s that are graduating and we're saying it's time for you to move on, there's a place for them to move on to because that was kind of a terrifying thought for a minute. We have young adults every Tuesday night and we've been listening and hearing and learning about hearing the voice of God. So all you young adults, there's a place for you to go. If you've graduated grade 12, now you graduate into young adults and it's so cool. Tuesday night, 7 o'clock here 
that's so awesome. Don't forget, next Friday, the youth are having a huge party. That's going to be amazing as well. Make sure you come. Invite some friends. We want you to be part of that. Amen and amen. One more time, let's give the Lord Jesus Christ a hand clap. Go and grab your root beer. Grab your, your cookies. Just go and greet some people. And have a great day. Have a great Father's Day. Honor your fathers. Honor your mothers today. Live in gratitude and honor today.